to you. Our trust is in you. We firmly believe you'll bring the service to pass exactly the way you want it to come to pass. Fill my mouth. I believe as I open it to speak, I'll speak forth as the oracles of God. Thank you for the anointing upon my life to preach and teach this word. Lord God, I believe the words I speak will be your words and leap into the hearts of everyone hearing this word. I trust you now for increase in their lives as they are not just hearers of the word, but become doers of the word. And glory to God, you said in your word, if we are doers, we shall be blessed. And we thank you for this now in Jesus' name. And everybody in agreement said, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But anyway, um, I want to continue with my study on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, Again, I want to say this with everything that's in me. We're not ashamed to preach on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We believe that it is still for us today. It is a gift from Almighty God to His children. I know that many have questioned this, and that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to take the time, and I'm going to go through what I consider to be the ten commonly asked questions and objections to being filled with the Spirit of God. And I'm going to go to the Word of God, and I'm going to prove to you from the Word of God that it is still available to us. Amen. Um, I, I, I said this, and I said it probably more than one time when I've been on this teaching, and that is the fact that this has changed my life radically, big time. I remember one time um, I was talking to an individual about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and this particular individual said to me, it's, all you're doing is speaking out a bunch of gibberish. And I said to him, well, it might be gibberish to your head, but see, that's what tongues is all about. You're speaking in a language not familiar to you. But when you are praying in tongues, it does something to you. If you get filled with the Spirit and you take some time, I mean, I'm talking some time to pray, like take an hour and just pray in the Spirit. When you get done, I, 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 you can't really put it into words what it does to you. It's just like you're going, glory to God. And I don't want to get so far ahead of myself, but it's like you just got, had a transfusion from God. Whoosh, glory to God. And so the point I'm trying to make is, why would I not want others to have what God has so graciously given to me? I hope you're listening. I know a lot of you already are filled with the Holy Ghost. And and I I trust that if you have not been, that you are listening with with a receptive heart, a teachable spirit. Amen. Do not let religion or the theories of man keep you from experiencing what God has for you. You know, it's so funny because people make excuses for why people don't get filled with the Holy Ghost. People make excuses for why people don't get healed. They come up with all these different human reasonings. Well, it must not be God's will for everybody to be healed because I know of Aunt Susie. Aunt Susie didn't get healed. Does that mean just because I know of somebody who stepped off into eternity and didn't get born again that salvation isn't for everybody? It is God's will that all would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I firmly believe that it is God's will that every man, woman, teenager, and child be healed 
from sickness and disease. I believe that by his stripes, I was healed. I believe that part of the curse of the law includes being redeemed from sickness and disease. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Under the curse of the law falls every sickness and every disease. If I've been redeemed from the curse of the law, that means I've been redeemed from sickness and disease. That means I've been bought back from it. Now, what was the price that was used to purchase me back from it? The life of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. So why in the world would I not take advantage of that? If he paid that kind of price, I'm going to live in divine health. Now, get how I'm saying this. I'm not saying I won't get challenged. We live in a curse-filled world. A sin-filled world. But that doesn't mean we have to accept it because it comes on our physical bodies. I, 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 another scripture I use all the time is the fact that I have the Holy Spirit living in me. And one of the reasons he's living in me is to quicken, bring life to my mortal body. And, and I mean, just throw this out to you. It's not something that's just for a select few. That would mean that God plays favorites. If he put it in the Bible, guess what? It's for every one of us. It's for all of us as his children. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. I got off on that, but that's okay. It is the baptism of the Holy Spirit is available to everybody. I made this statement last week. We've been talking about the Spirit within and the Spirit upon. But I kind of summed it all up. And it was so funny. One church member texted me and said, Wow, the last few minutes of your service was so awesome. That's all I needed to hear. And I'm like, one. So all the other time from that way, all those other minutes I preached wasn't good. <laughs> they texted me back and said, no, that's not what I'm saying. They were just saying how good it was, the summation. Does anybody want to know who it was? No, no, I'm just kidding. I want Jesus, now get this, Jesus is God's gift to the world. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to his children. Did you hear that? You preach Christ to the world... So they can receive salvation. You preach the baptism of the Holy Spirit to Christians. So that they can become empowered. Amen. Both of those things. Salvation through Jesus Christ. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now get this. Are gifts from God. Can I ask you a question? And I, I, I know I'm just. I try to make this as simple as possible. How many believe that if I, your pastor, came to you, okay, John and Gail, I came to them today, and I said, here, be blessed. And it's not for me, by the way. Just wanted to let you know. But I, I, someone had told me that they wanted to bless them, and they gave me two envelopes, one for John, one for Gail. Now, when they got that and received that, did they start, first of all, to beg for it? I, I, can't, I can't receive it. I can't, I, can't, I can't take this. I'm not worthy. Or do they kind of say, oh, glory to God, I'll take that. Thank you very much. But the point I'm trying to make is, is they received it from me. When they received it from me, were they expecting something evil, something bad, something that was going to hinder them or hurt them? Or did they expect something good was going to be in those envelopes? Was there something good in those envelopes? 
There was something good in those envelopes. I'm trying to get something across to you right now. When God, our good, good father, gives us a gift, it is something that is good. It is something that will bless you. It will something, it is something that will empower you. It will change you forever in Jesus' name. Receive it. You know what my attitude has been? See, I was a skeptic. But once all of my skepticism went out the, the window, got, went out of my life, I made a decision. If it's in the Bible, I want it. Yeah, I, I'm that simple of a man. If it's in the Bible, I believe I can have it. Amen. I am everything the Word says that I am. I have all that the Word says I have. I can do all that the Bible says I can do. Amen. Amen. And if God presented this gift to me, here you go, it's got your name on it, Daniel, it's for you. I want it. And, 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 oh, thank you, Jesus. Sometimes you just wish there was a way to share something with you, but it just is so hard to put in natural language that I almost want to say it to you in tongues because that's the only way I know how to express it. It blesses you beyond measure. I know, I know from whence I speak. I know in my own personal life. I know my wife can testify. And I know that many of you who have been filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues can testify as well. And I, because I love you, because I love you, those people who are watching, that's the reason I teach you about this. Because of my love for you. And the fact that I know how much this will bless your life. Amen. Glory to God. Well, let's get to these questions now. Ten most commonly asked questions and objections to being filled with the Holy Ghost. After we're done, if anybody has any questions based on what we're talking about here, I don't want to hear about you know, dispensational truths or are we living in the last days or anything along those lines. Not saying that I wouldn't like to sit and talk with you about those things, but we want to talk to you about this stuff right here, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And probably I'm going to have the question that you have about this right here. Number one, do you have to tarry to receive the Holy Spirit? What does the word tarry mean? It means to wait for. The, the uh, disciples, Jesus told them to go tarry in Jerusalem until the day of Pentecost. And so they went into the upper room and they began to gather together there and they began to pray there. They didn't know what was coming. They had never experienced that before. But they trusted, oh, that's so good, Lord. They trusted Jesus that what he said was coming was going to bless their lives. What I'm sharing with you right now by the Spirit of God will bless your lives. But glory to God, so do we have to tarry? I know uh, of one minister who said he had been taught that you're still supposed to tarry for, to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. His mentality was, Lord... If I'm going to get filled with the Spirit, you're going to have to come on me, overtake me, and make me speak with other tongues. Now, understand how I'm saying this. He was not saying that in a negative way. 
That's just the way he had been taught. And so he said that, you know, he had been grown up in the church and everything else. His, I think his grandmother, his mother were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and, but he had been taught, you got to tarry, you got to tarry, you got to wait, you got to tarry until, you know, it comes on you. So he said he was in one service, and, and it was so powerful, the anointing was so powerful in that place, that he had people all around him praying over him. Lord, fill him with the Holy Ghost. Lord, fill him with the Holy Ghost. Lord, fill him with the Holy Ghost. He's on, yeah, Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost. I, I, you're going to have to make me speak with other tongues. You're going to have to make me do it. The anointing came so strong and so tangible. Now get this, that all the people praying for him fell out under the power. Did you get that? The Holy Ghost was there. But did he get filled with the Holy Ghost? No. He didn't receive it. He was saying, Holy Ghost, you make me do it. That's not the way it works, guys. I've said said this to you on more than one occasion. If God was in the, the business of making us do something, do you not think that he would make the whole world get born again? It's just not the way it operates. The Holy Spirit is a perfect gentleman. But... When you see it's available for you in the Word of God, all you do is reach out with your hands of faith and take that gift from God. And I'm not going to get into all the different steps of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is an act of faith. What does the Bible say? How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. You find out what the Bible says about it, and then you just step out and say, okay, God, I receive it. Everybody say, I receive it. Say it again. Was that hard for you to say? Now you might be thinking, Pastor Dan, you sure are making this too simple. I think what has happened, religious people, has made it too difficult, too challenging. I don't think living by faith is supposed to be hard. I think living by faith is supposed to be easy. I've said this to you on more than one occasion. But you're going to believe one way or the other. You either choose to believe what the Bible says or you choose not to believe what the Bible says. As for me and my house, we choose to believe what the Bible says. I base my life off of what the Bible says. Amen. So do we have to tarry? No. When the Spirit of God came on the day of Pentecost and came upon the early disciples, that's when he came. That's when that gift was, came upon the earth. And again, now from that point forward, all we have to do is receive it by faith. Did I answer that first question for you pretty good? No no longer do we have to tarry. Number two. Now this was something I dealt with. Do you have to clean up your life in order to be able to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Do you have to clean up your life? Let me just kind of make this a general statement. Friends, listen to me. You don't have to clean up your life. I'm not saying that right, Lord. The only thing you need in order to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to be born again. You must be born again. In other words, you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and believe that God has raised him from the dead and and, and turn your life over to him. Jesus comes into your heart. You become a new creation. At that point in time, on the inside, now get this, I'm fixing to say it and I'm going to say it loud and clear. At this time, when you say Jesus coming to to your heart, you are worthy to receive it. Oh, Pastor Dan. 
You don't know how bad I lived. You don't know what I did with my life. I don't care. Because no matter what you've done, the blood of Jesus is greater than that. We do not receive anything based upon how good we are. We receive from God based upon how good Jesus is. And all that Jesus accomplished for us through his death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. And so, do you have to clean your life up to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? No. And and, and now let me say this. If you mess up, what should you do? Fess up, get up, and keep going forward. I, 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 I can't express this to you enough. And again, I know I say this to you a lot, but it's the truth. I don't like it when I mess up. Am I the only one that doesn't like it? I've said to you on more than one occasion, I am the hardest on myself as far as forgiving. I have a hard time forgiving myself sometimes. I would rather get out of myself and kick myself a few times. Am I the only one who's felt that way before? But what I have learned, listen to this, the way I stomp on the devil's head is by quickly getting back up, saying, God, forgive me, and saying, I believe that the blood of Jesus has cleansed me. I believe you have chosen to forgive me. And I believe that sin has been removed from me as far as the east is from the west. And glory to God, I believe you choose not to remember it anymore. Glory to God. That's all you got to do when you mess up. But what does the devil want you to do? He wants you to get over into condemnation. He wants to try to get you to say, you don't have what it takes to be a Christian. I re- I'm reminded of a, a particular lady, lady when we were over at Missoula Bible Church and I had preached one time. And, and um, I had a prophetic word for her. And so anyway, and just you know, an encouraging prophetic word. And she had been coming not too long and she probably came not too much lo- longer after that. She just kind of went away. I didn't know what had happened. But then one day at Costco, I'm walking around there. There she is. And I walk up and I hug her. And, oh, man, we miss you. Where you been? She looked at me and she said, I don't feel like I have what it takes to be a Christian. Now, what was she basing that off of? She was basing it off of the fact that she was still making mistakes in her life. Oh, that's so sad. I'm so grateful that I got the revelation and the understanding that when I mess up, no matter how great my sin, it doesn't knock God off of the throne. He already knew I was going to do it. Think about that. He already knows when you're going to mess up. And he's already provided the way for us to get back up. That blood, the blood, the blood. I have faith in the blood of Jesus. I believe in the blood. I believe the blood still speaks. And part of what it's saying is, Daniel Greenwald, you are free. Hallelujah. Woo. Glory to God. So do we have to clean up our lives? No, you just need to be born again. Number three, after you've received in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, can you now operate in the gifts of the Spirit? I say emphatically, yes. Now, I will say it's a yes, but we have to understand something here. The gifts of the Holy Spirit operate 
as he wills. Are you hearing me? Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read through these gifts of the Spirit. And then look at verse 11. Hallelujah. God, is that you? <laughs> that reminds me, and I think I've told you this before. We had uh, uh, Mark Hankins was ministering at a minister's meeting not too long ago, and he's just going along and going along. And one of the, the pastors, in fact, it was Pastor Rick Sharkey, had his phone out. And as Mark Hankins is preaching, all of a sudden, Siri goes, I didn't get that. <laughs> And Mark Hankins, without missing a beat, said, I know probably the majority of them didn't get it either. <laughs> I thought it was good. Praise the Lord. Perfect timing. All right. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Notice that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for what? To cause disruption and problems in your church? It says it's given to each one for the profit of all. Everybody say all. all. Does all include you? Should you be benefited? Should you be blessed by? Should you profit from the gifts of the Spirit being in manifestation during a church service? Amen. Verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, I like to call it special faith, by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually. Now notice the next few words, as he wills. It is not as I will, it is as he wills. Now, if that is the case, what does that mean as far as you and me, where the gifts of the Spirit are concerned? When you, no, I'm, I'm, please listen. When you come to church, you come to church expecting for God to move. You expect the gifts of the Spirit to be in manifestation. I'm getting ahead of myself, but one of those scriptures says that we are to covet the gifts of the Spirit. The best gifts for that particular service. I have been up here and I've been preaching when a word of knowledge comes. And I don't even know it's a word of knowledge. But somebody got blessed by what I just talked. What I just shared. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I have been up here sometimes and I'm speaking stuff by the Spirit of God. And I have, it has nothing to do with my notes. Not even a little bit to do with my notes. I, as a pastor, now get this, I should be operating in the gift of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. I'm just saying it how it is. I remember one time when I, we had done a teaching along these lines when I was at Canaan land and uh, the gifts of the Spirit. And man, I tell you what, it was so amazing. God was so cool back there, the way it worked for us. Because a bunch of us men who dealt with drugs and alcohol and the like are all gathered together and we're learning about God. And we're learning about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This, this one particular uh, uh, counselor was teaching on the, on the gifts of the Spirit. And what did God do? He confirmed it with signs following. We had the gifts of the Spirit in manifestation. I remember we got onto a bus, our bus, and um, 
I remember looking at this counselor, Billy Metcalf, and, and, and I said to him, someone has just given this church, and I don't remember the amount, X amount of, ch- of money. And he looked at me and said, why are you saying that? I said, I don't know. I was operating in special faith. I didn't even know it. And that's exactly what happened. That exact amount came into Canaan land. And I'm not talking about a few dollars here. The bottom line was it didn't come from me. It came from the Spirit of God. It was a manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. You know, I, 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 sometimes I don't know how to... Uh, I don't want to say that, Lord. Say it that way. I want people to understand that the gifts of the Spirit are still in operation today. Especially if you have been filled with the Holy Ghost. Or I might even say, the only way you can operate them is if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. But it is available to each and every one of us. The point I'm trying to make is this. You can receive, for example, to be healed with your faith. In fact, that's the number one way you should be healed. Is through your faith. Believing that Jesus is the healer. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Believing that everybody that came to Jesus to be healed, left healed. And so you just say, okay, I receive it now. I believe I'm whole and healthy from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. You receive it with your faith. But there are times where the, where the gifts of the Spirit are in operation. And if you notice that some of those gifts of the Spirit here are the working of miracles and uh, 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 the uh, gifts of healings. Those are over and above. It has nothing to do with the faith of the person. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It, 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 it's a gift of the Spirit. In other words, it's a miracle. It is a supernatural occurrence that has nothing to do with that particular individual. And a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times, the working of miracles and the gifts of healings operate through a a, a vessel to people who aren't born again. Why does God do that? He wants to let those people know that He is real. That He loves them. And that He still is God. Amen. Glory to God. So they operate as the Holy Spirit wills. We have to come into a church service with a heart stirred up, believing God is going to move during the service. I want a church filled with people coming through those doors that are hungry for Him. I don't want you to come in here, and I'm not, look, I understand I'm saying this. I don't want you coming in here all forlorn and upset and angry or whatever the case is because you had issues with your spouse or you had issues with your children or, or with your whoever, your job, workplace, whatever we got to learn to leave that at the door. Come in here and say, God, I'm going to get all you have for me today. And I covet. Now, listen, isn't that crazy? Everybody, when you, most people, when they hear the word covet, they think of it as something negative. But the Bible tells us we're called to covet the gifts of the Spirit. We're called to earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I want a church filled with people who are doing just that. Be expectant. Be believing. We're starting to teach along, and I'm believing I'm going to take some time and teach on the gifts of the Spirit. And then I'm believing that those are going to, be, those are going to start to flow in this place. You get up and talk for a while and see if you don't get tongue-tied sometimes. You know, one of the things, and I'll tell off on my wife and me, uh, one of the times, uh, one of the ways that God uses us in the gifts of the Spirit is in the... In, 
in, in tongues and the interpretation of tongues. It seems like uh, the Lord will come on me. I'll get, uh, give out a gift, you know, the gift of tongues, and she'll get up and give the interpretation. Amen. Now, that's not the only way. Again, there might be some of you that have that gift, you know, whatever the gift is. You just got to learn to yield yourself to the Spirit of God. But you know what ends up happening with so many people? They yield themselves to fear, and they start to reason in their minds, I don't want to miss it. I'm going to tell you something here. When I went to Canaan, going back all the way that many years ago, it, it, it was amazing what God was doing in my life. It was, I mean, I did such a 180 in my life that if you knew me prior to going to Canaan land, you probably wouldn't have liked me too much. I know, isn't that crazy? Because I'm so likable. <laughs> but anyway, as I'm there, the Spirit of God would come on me. And I didn't know how to yield to it. Except for just to start to, you know, you ever heard of holy rollers or those shakers? And so I just began to shake. I didn't know. I didn't, I mean, I was new to this stuff. And I'm just like, the power of God's on me. And, I, and then we had a teacher there named Dr. Tommy. He was in his 70s, I believe, at the time. He came up and he put his hand on me. And he said, you've got to learn to yield. Yield yourself to it. And it was at that time I learned to stop just, woo, 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 glory to God. I still do that today, but, <laughs> but, but what I'm trying to get across to you is the Spirit of God came on me for a gift of the Spirit. Tongues and the interpretation of tongues, okay? Are you with me? Now, I said all that to say this. After I learned to yield to it, I was a happy camper. I wanted to yield to it all the time, even when the Spirit of God wasn't on me. <laughs> and there were times that all of a sudden I'd jump up and say, and I'd speak out. And it was as dry as a riverbed in the hot summer days of Texas. <laughs> Don't know where that came from, but there you go. It, it, it was so, it, in other words, it was of me. It wasn't of the Holy Spirit. Now, what did that do to me? I had to learn something very important. I would rather be bold and step out and miss it than never step out at all and never be used by God. Are you hearing me? Be bold about your faith. You know that the early church prayed for boldness? They prayed for boldness. If you lack boldness, pray for it. Lord, give me boldness to speak your word. Amen. I want to operate in boldness. I want to I lay hands on the sick just like you have instructed me to do so, Lord. I want a boldness to do the things of the Lord. Wherever I go. Amen. Whether it's Walmart, Target, or any other place. I want to be bold about my faith. I want to make a, you're seeing people wear masks because of the fear of COVID. Why can't we go into the store and show the people, glory to God, that our God is real. That our God is alive. That our God wants to perform the miracles and signs and wonders. Amen. We should be neon signs. I am a Christian. Ouch. <laughs> glory to God. Came on me a little bit, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want to. this is a statement, and I pulled it out of Brother Hagin's book on the tongues, the upper room. Speaking in tongues is the doorway into all the rest of the Spirit. 
the gifts of the Spirit. Did you hear that? Speaking in tongues is the doorway into all the other rest of the gifts of the Spirit. So there right there is a benefit to being filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Learn to pray in the Holy Ghost. It, 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 again, it's just natural words just, just fail me. They're not good to try to express this to you until you've actually experienced it before. But when you get filled with the Holy Ghost and you pray in the Spirit, your heart becomes so sensitive to the Spirit of God. And just that little slight nudge from Him, I want you to go this direction. That's the Holy Spirit. I'm going to go this direction. He says, I want you to put your hands on that person. You just go right over and put your hands on that person. It's called praying in tongues. It opens you up to all the gifts of the Spirit. It's the doorway into the supernatural. Amen. Glory to God. Number four, is there a public sign of speaking in other tongues? Absolutely. We just read it, didn't we? It's one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. It should be always, in a, when it's done in a public setting, hear me now, it should always come with the interpretation of tongues. Amen. And I'm going to say this too. This is, I'm just trying to teach you. One of the things you need to understand is, again, when, my, when I give out of tongues, I know the Spirit of God has come on me, and it's, it's the gifts of, the, uh, of speaking in other tongues. I speak in other tongues. I usually look to her. But if she looks at me and says, you know, whatever, just gives me I, a, a knowing that she doesn't have it, it's the responsibility of the one who gave the tongues out then to trust God to give them the interpretation. Did you hear what I just said? Many times it ends up being somebody else. But the point I'm trying to get across is, is if you give, a, 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 give out a tongues, expect God to also use you to give the interpretation. Everybody with me? So is there a public side to speaking in other tongues? Absolutely. It must be combined with the interpretation of tongues. And let me say this too. When you come to a church service, it is also okay to pray, to worship, to give thanks in tongues during our praise and worship time. It's okay to slide over into praying in other tongues or singing in other tongues during praise and worship you're not doing it to make people look at you if what you do during praise and worship draws attention to you then what you're doing is wrong our praise and worship should be to jesus christ but i have been up here on more than one occasion and all of a sudden i'm singing and i'm listening i mean i'm praising the lord and it just seems like i just need to i just keep going and i start to sing in the spirit I start to pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. It should not be something that we don't yield ourselves to. Because that's not what I'm talking about where the private side, I mean, excuse me, the uh, public side of speaking in other tongues is concerned. And the private side. This is me yielding to the private side and me worshiping God in other tongues from my heart. Everybody with me? All right. I'm going to give you one more and we'll stop. Is that right? Why, and this is a very important one, why is there so much confusion in this area? Why do, some, why, do some, why do some denominations speak out so strongly against tongues? First of all, let me ask you a question. Who is the author of confusion? God or the devil? 
So if there's confusion in an area, do you not think it's caused by the enemy? I have said this to a few people recently. If speaking in other tongues wasn't of benefit to us as Christians, then why does the devil fight against it so hard? I don't believe I've ever spoken to somebody filled with the Holy Ghost who speaks with other tongues who has told me it was something that they wish they had never done. Every single person I've ever met that's been filled with the Holy Ghost and speaks with other tongues says to me how it has blessed their lives big time. So then why does the devil fight against it? Because he knows that. The devil... One of the things, and I said this just recently, the devil doesn't want you to get born again. But once you get born again, he doesn't care if you get born again, but then you never do anything for God. You don't live for God. You just show up at church, put your notch in your little spiritual belt, and go your way. You, in fact, if you were to put your, your life up against many uh, non-Christians, your life wouldn't be any different than theirs. Ooh, I don't want that to be said of me. Did you hear what I just said? I don't want that to be said of me. Thank you, Jesus. Boy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. The devil hates the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It'll radicalize. I believe that's a word. (laughs) Your life big time. It'll make you into, oh, glory to God, I like that, Lord. It'll make you into an empowered Christian. Did you hear what I just said? And it's not a power, a natural power. It's God's power. Oh, thank you, Jesus. See, as I'm saying that, see, I'm thinking to myself, we think atomic power is really, wow, it's crazy. It's, you know, you see them bombs, all that destruction. There's a power that comes upon us when we get baptized in the Holy Ghost that's greater than atomic power. (laughs) Glory to God. And we sometimes think, Oh, I hope the devil doesn't come against me. I hope the devil doesn't come against my family. You know what my attitude is? Devil, if you're stupid enough to come against my family, I'm going to show you how, how powerful my life is now. And how powerful the greater one who's in me is. I'm going to show you how big my big brother is. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We have been empowered. We get empowered when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So the devil doesn't want that. He wants a bunch of weak kneed spaghetti backbone. Is that how you said it, Ernie? Spaghetti backbone Christians. Just barely making it through life. Oh, when the sweet by and by comes, I'll make it into heaven. And I'll just have a little shack way down at Grumble Alley, and I'll just get by, and I'll be happy like that. That's not the way we're supposed to live. You know, you hear about all of this stuff going on right now. Oh, I'm going to get on it. Holy Spirit, I believe, is leading me to do it. You hear about all of this stuff going on right now? Black Lives Matter and all this other junk that's happening out there. I have no ought toward black people. 
I've said this. I went to a college where the majority of my football team were black people. I had no issues with them. Now, there were some guys on the team that were jerks. But some of them were white. So it's not being the, the color of your skin doesn't make you a jerk. It's who you are. But I want to say something to you by the Spirit of God. All lives matter. Every single life that's on this planet right now, Jesus Christ died for them. Every single one of them. And do not for a moment think I'm going to bow my knee to anybody on this planet. There's only one man I'm going to bow my knee to. And his name is Jesus Christ. He's my Lord, my Savior. I, 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 you know, and it's almost like, why do I have to show you by, my, by, by what I say that, that I'm not prejudiced? Why do I have to prove to you that? I can show you I'm not prejudiced. I'll go up to the, a black man, a white man, a, a Mexican-American man, a Chinese man, a Japanese man, a Korean man, an Indian. I don't care. I'll pray with them. I'll pray with them. I'm not prejudiced. I know God loves that person just as much as he loves me. I, I, it just it grieves my heart because what is happening is not of God. It is of the devil. It is causing division. And that's not God. I don't say that to be mean or cruel to any race. I love Jesus. I don't have... Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Boy, how did I get on this? Help me get back off of this now. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to stop right here. (laughs) Hallelujah. My heart just wants to break. Because I see what's going on in this country. But then I realize this is exactly what Jesus told us was going to happen in the last days. And hear me now. That doesn't mean we throw up our hands and say we can't do anything about it. No, we have a responsibility to pray, to seek the face of God, to repent. God said he'll come and heal our land. Amen. There's something going to be happening and we're going to get involved in it called the return. It's talking about this country returning to its foundations and glory to God, praying it out and believing God that God's going to turn this around for his glory. That's what we need is revival. I need to see a church filled with people who are not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian and I'm very thankful I'm a Christian. I want everybody, I want to trumpet it from the loudest mountain. I am a Christian. I love Jesus Christ. He is my Lord. and He is my soon coming King. Oh, hallelujah. What you going to do? Are we going to have to, never mind Daniel, don't say it that way. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. Did you get anything out of these five questions I've answered so far? <laughs> Hallelujah. Boy, how did I get off on that? But it was, you know what? It is my heart. And I, and I wasn't planning on saying it, but I believe the Holy Spirit prompted me to say it. 
right here, right now, in this place. People watching us, I am not ashamed to say I love black people. I am not ashamed to say that I love Mexican-Americans. I am not ashamed to say that I love uh, 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 Middle Easterners. Boy, you know, and I'll be honest, that's probably the greatest challenge to me because of 9-11 and stuff. I love them. I'm not ashamed to say I, I love Chinese people, Japanese people, any people of any color. I love them. As I just said earlier, God so loved each of them that he gave his very own son for them just as much as he did for me. And who am I to come against his ways? Amen. It's not always easy to love people. How many know that's true? There are a lot of people out there that aren't very lovable. But let me tell you this. By God's grace and by faith, we can love anybody. I did not say you have to like everybody. Thank you, Jesus. But you are called to love everybody. Remind yourself of that the next time your flesh recoils when you see somebody on television that you don't necessarily like so much. It's what I got to do. We're called to love. We're called to love with His love. The Spirit of God has poured the love of God into our hearts. Did you hear me? It's in you. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And what's so awesome about operating in that love? Now hear me how I'm saying this. I can love more that person more and more in a greater way, more and more and more and more. Why? Because the love of God is continuously growing. More revelation of my God, the more I fall in love with Him. And the more I'm able to love others. It's awesome to be married to somebody that I know I love now more today than when I first said I do to her. That's awesome. That's the way it should be. That's the way it has to be. I love her more today. I'm blessed to have her in my life. But I love each of you more today than when I first met you. Although I just met a few of you today. But I do love you from the first time. You know, there you go. (laughs) Glory to God. Glory to God. God is so good. Amen. We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. We're talking about being filled with the Spirit. We're talking about how this can benefit us. It is a gift from God. It is available to us. It is supposed to be preached to Christians. It's something that, again, is a gift from Him to you. I want everybody, in the sound of my voice, if you have not been filled with the Holy Ghost, know that it is available to you. It is a gift available to you. You don't have to clean your act up first. The blood of Jesus has already done that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to get more into this. We're going to answer some more questions. I don't get very far. It seems like I thought I'd get all the way into talking about I have my whole other one. The benefits of praying in the other tongues. Didn't get there. So that's all right. I'm a pastor. I'll be back next week. Hallelujah. Let's pray.